About two years ago, Jack, who's 74, was hospitalized with severe depression. He dealt with depression and anxiety his entire life. Mental health issues run in his family. One of his sisters died by suicide. Jack was always able to manage his own symptoms, but this last time was different. Because two years ago, I was so suicidal, but I, 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 I always would stop myself from wanting to go do something. I, I meant better than want to get up, you know? And I had one of my sister, my sister Bernie, who was the one who was manic depressive, who was suicidal, who, who did commit, take a life. Uh, she, she, I remember the time she told me she was so sick in bed that she couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom. So you have that image. I've, I've always had those images, yes. So so last two summers ago, was was, uh, the first time I ever got that that bad that I was that suicidal. Jack's doing much better now. He talks about his struggles and his successes, his youth and his life now in this episode of Conversations About Aging, a Catching Health podcast. One of Jack's biggest regrets is that he never got to build a good relationship with his father. He's the youngest of five and the only boy. His parents split up shortly after he was born. Jack says he came to realize that he had some misconceptions about his father, but by the time he thought about getting to know him better, his father died. He says his sisters helped him gain some understanding. They were old enough to know, to have my father around the house, so I, and I, I often wondered what he was like. When I started asking my sister, I said, Daddy, no, he never hit us, he was great. And I started feeling, oh my God, I had it all wrong. So that's a loss in your childhood to know. Oh yeah, I always felt the, the absence of a, a, a father. And not just the absence, but you're talking about you had a different notion of who he was. Oh, absolutely, right. So that's one of the questions that I usually ask later on is if you had the chance to go back in time and do something over, what would it be? Would it be to get to know your father better? Oh, much better, yeah. See, unfortunately, when I, the times I felt that he was reaching out for me, I rebuffed him and vice versa. Now we would have, uh, towards, before he, just before he passed away, uh, and let me try to be brief about this, he was, he was gone from my life, and then he'd come back when I was at the end of my freshman year. He was still shipping out, so he'd be at home, then he'd be gone for long trips. And as, it, as he got older, I think it was about 50 when he came back into my life, the way I figured it out, you know, doing, you know, judging by the dates. And I was 15 or so, and he was 50, you know. And it was like the old bull coming in and the young bull meeting the, the old bull, you know. So there's a lesson in this story for other people, I think. I mean, you talk about two bulls, but mm -hmm. you talk about being stubborn, having preconceived notions. So oh, if you yeah. were to talk to your younger self, it would be to ease up a little bit, maybe forgive him. You've forgiven him I now. I forgive myself because I had it all wrong. I thought he terrorized the family and all this stuff. And I thought, oh, no, he didn't. It was just he and my mother fought. They didn't hurt my sisters at all. And I was just a baby, you know, by the time they split up. So it certainly wasn't going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. And... Um, uh, I had it wrong. So did you ever get to know him at all? Never got to know him to talk about any of that stuff. And it was mostly we just really didn't have a healthy relationship between us. Jack's dad died of a massive heart attack at the age of 50. Had he lived longer, he thinks maybe they could have patched things up. 
His relationship with his mother was also not always great, but when she developed Alzheimer's disease, he put his house up for rent and moved in with her for a couple of years just to take care of her. How was that? I loved doing it for her. Uh, in fact, it was one of the greatest things I did was to be able to take care of my mother in her time of need. It was rough. And the longer it went on, the hotter it got because she, the worse she got. Jack's mother died in 1993. In addition to taking care of her, he also helped look out for two of his sisters. So you had two sisters hard. who were seriously it ill. Very hard, yeah. So you watched out for your two sisters, and then you took care of your mother. Right. What a good son and brother you yeah, are. Well, it was a lot. A lot to her. So what lesson do you think you learned because of that experience that you might be able to pass on to a person? Well, I can, I can tell them that one of the greatest things I did was to be able to take care of one of my, one of my parents the way they took care of me when I was a baby, particularly my mother. From my perspective, you say you reaped all these rewards, but it seems like you really gave back. I had to pay for it. <laughs> you paid. <laughs> I paid back, I guess. But my sisters were always good to me. We always had good relationships. I'm very, very strained with all the mental illness, but still we all cared for each other. We all always had a good relationship, basically. As for other relationships, he's never been married, never had children. Well, I've been able to go, go without relationships, you know, it's, it's particularly an intimate one. Uh, I, I did a, I've had a lot of involvements over the years and I've done a lot. I'm at the point where you, you slow down your life at this point anyway, 74. So I look back on that, you know, I was loved and I loved and lost, you know, and I, I can live with it. Well, at 74, do you think you could love again? I think I have it in to me to love again. I don't know if I'm ready for another breakup though. I don't, I don't know if I can handle another breakup. So you're going to be sort of fatalistic about it. You're going to assume that if you find a good woman that she's yes, going to break it, up it with can you. It go wrong, sure. I'll either at all, or I'll sabotage it. I've done that with some relationships before. So in many ways, I, in a lot of ways, I'm, I've been kind of self-destructive in a lot of my behaviors and break, getting relationships to break up, you know, and stuff like that. Do you think that people can change even if they're 74? I'm sure they can. It might be awfully hard, but I'm sure people can. He may not be in a romantic relationship at the moment, but Jack has lots of people who love him. They helped him get through it when he was at his worst. The first was a friend he had reconnected with before he was hospitalized. The friend also struggled with mental health issues, and they had started meeting in town every now and again. Then I went into this bad, bad, two years ago, depression, anxiety period, and he was there for me. And uh, he, he's one of the ones that people have saved my life, you know. He kept saying, come on, you can do it, get up, I'll meet you, whatever, whatever. Always there for me. Jack's depression was so bad two years ago, he was suicidal and ended up in the hospital and a couple of treatment centers. So did this come on suddenly? Like one day you felt fine and then? It, it almost suddenly. It's uh, like, uh, I, I mean, I've dealt with all kinds of things that I could feel down about, but nothing that led to a severe depression or major depression. And so anything I might have been experiencing, it was nothing I never experienced before. The loss of my mother, uh, different things that have happened, I didn't completely break down. I was able to handle and get beyond it. 
Why this happened to me that that time, two years ago, I don't know. I don't know why it escalated and kept going, and I could not stop it from snowballing into a major depression, anxiety. Then I started to see some light, you know, at the head of the forest, whatever. And then finally, I, for the past year or so, I've been in a better state. The right medications made a huge difference, and so did a lot of people who cared about him. As a matter of fact, people come out of the woodwork. People say, Jackie, hang in there, you're a good guy, we all love you, and blah, blah, blah. People come out of the woodwork. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And how I mean, all people I knew, but some people I was not, I didn't really know that closely. But somebody put the word out. The word got out, yeah. And wow, the response was unbelievable. So that helped you? It was nice to know that that many people cared. Especially when, especially when I could think of some people, I, I, I could probably think, well, I don't think they care about me that much, you know. Then find out, no, hey, love you, buddy, come on. The friend he had reconnected with, who also struggled with mental illness, told Jack about the art program at Shalom House. Shalom House provides safe housing and other services, including a comprehensive art program, for people living with severe mental illness. Jack joined the art program and loves it. So it's a wonderful program. It is. What do you get out of participating? Oh, I just, I just love coming down. I like being around the people. It's a sense of security. Uh, I got all kinds of room to spread out to do my artwork. I got different things I can do, uh, whether it's acrylics or oil paints. If it falls on the floor, I don't have to worry about messing anything up like I would. I have to be very careful in my apartment. So it's offered me that. It's offered me an environment that I can really function in. He had discovered art in his late 20s, almost by accident. He was doodling on some piles of paper he was shredding at work. A co-worker told him he was good and commissioned him to draw a portrait of his wife. I said, I'll give it a try. So he brought in a photo of his wife, and I did a drawing of her on a piece of cardboard. That's how not into it I was. I didn't know enough to get some you know, nice drawing paper or something. I did it on a piece of cardboard. He loved it. Paid me $25. So then I started thinking of, hey, maybe I can find myself in doing art. I think once I got into it, I, that's what truly gave me more of a sense of identity about myself. Before that, I think I floundered as to who's Jackson or nobody, you know? Then I started to, it, all the people responding to my work and everything over the years, I mean, it just gave me more and more of a good feeling about myself that I'm an artist. He also got involved with theater, painting murals, and performing. I even got up on the stage in a production of wonderful musical 1776 about the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And it was in the middle of the winter and I was in a major depression. But you got up on stage? Got up on the stage, got through it. Wow. Always pulling myself up by the bootstraps to get through it. So you have resilience, Jack. You do, you have yeah, resilience. I, 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 I try to give myself credit for that, you know, it's one of the things that uh, I have tried to fight things off, you know, such as the anxiety, depression, I gave up drinking, I gave up smoking, I smoked and I quit years ago before that in 69, uh, quit drinking in 84, um, I just have tried to, you know, take care of it, better care of myself. What makes it a good day for you? A good day... Now, there's other thing I can philosophize on, such as I've always enjoyed people. 
I think the greatest thing to do is to help people out and be friendly and be kind to people. That's, that stuff means more to me than $100,000 in the bank. Then on top of that, the, the, the joy of live theater, movies, good books, all the stuff you hear about, all the cultural things, you know, and in my particular case, the fact that I can draw and paint. And all that stuff added up contributes to me having good feelings about life and what I can do and how I do things, how I participate with life. Many times I decide I want to get out of the way of the world, don't get me wrong, but there's things that, I, that keeps me in there is uh, the enjoyment of people, having really good friends, family, um, healthy, being healthy so you can do those things that you want to do. Knowing how much he liked being with people, his friends suggested that he join a group called HOPE, which stands for Healing a Person's Exceptional. Once again, just like the art project, I have a place to go Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday nights to meet up with people that I can feel safe with. Like I said in that interview, I can feel safe with them, meeting up with them and uh, talking about issues, etc. And I feel really comfortable being able to come down to the art project and do artwork and participate with other people. So is there anything that I have not asked you and you're thinking, why isn't she asking me this? No, not really. I think you're, you're asking all the important questions. Here's your last chance to give any advice to anybody about anything. The, the only thing I can say is try to stay healthy and try to keep involved in things. You know, try to live your life to the fullest as best you can. That's good. Yeah. Does it feel okay? Yeah. All right. You've been listening to Conversations About Aging, a Catching Health podcast. I'm Diane Atwood. To hear more conversations about aging and to read my blog posts on health and wellness, visit catchinghealth.com. This podcast was made possible by our sponsors, Avita of Stroudwater, a memory care facility, and Stroudwater Lodge, an assisted living community, both in Westbrook, Maine. You'll find out more about them at northbridgecos.com. A shout out to Smith Atwood Video Services for editing the podcast. See what else they have to offer at smithatwood.com. And I'd like to thank Tom Muser for his support. He's director of the Center for Excellence in Aging and Health at the University of New England. Tom will be using some of the interviews for research on aging issues in Maine.